Okay, we are officially recording. Um, hey, guys. <laughs> um, well, awkward introduction. Bird is great at that. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like my... That's my thing. I don't want to say a gimmick, because it's not really on purpose. It's just how I, how I do stuff. <laughs> well, you're great at it. Thank I, you. I give you props. Um... So this is the Kaiju Transmissions podcast, um, and I am joined by my co-host Matt. Hey, everybody! Uh, I, you out there in podcast world, know me as Bird, and with us today is our friend Eric. How's it going, guys? Who, if you uh, are longtime listeners of If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It, my other regular movie podcast, um, he has been on there with us quite a few times. And like myself, he is a kaiju aficionado, so it only made sense to involve you in whatever the hell it is we're doing. I use that term quite loosely. <laughs> I mean, you're. It applies to you. I mean, I, I'm a big fan, but I, I'm not an encyclopedia like you. Yeah, well, humble a humble thank you. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. There's other people that know more than me, but I'm. I'm just here to hopefully engage people, and maybe teach them a thing or two. But that probably hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so, um, it is the summer. You know what that means, guys. That means it's convention season. And we both have uh, survived the sights, the sounds, and the smells of the convention season, which we will have as our main topic because uh, I think, I don't know, I think there's a lot to talk about there. Um, before we get into that, uh, we have a couple news items. Um Shin Godzilla, not Godzilla Resurgence, because you can't have two movies come out in the same year with the word resurgence in the title. I don't know. Did you guys know that? <laughs> well, apparently Independence Day beat Godzilla, even though Godzilla had that title first. I'm just making that little side note. Well, I, 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 as far as I know, it's like an international thing that yeah. only one country can use the word resurgence <laughs> at one. It, 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 it can't happen anymore than one time in one year. Um, and the bad news is um, we're hearing very mixed things about the movie, but we don't need to get into that. We don't need to get into spoilers or anything like that. Um, but the good news is... Uh, the movie opened with, and this number is from Variety, uh, who are pretty reputable. I know there's conflicting figures out there, but uh, I'm going to go with Variety's word. Um, maybe it's not the most accurate. Maybe it is. I don't know. I've seen a few numbers, but Variety is the best source um, that I can find. They said that uh, from July 29th opening, the movie earned $6.1 million. Um, at the box office this past weekend, which to us sounds kind of weak, but for Japan um, numbers, that's actually a fairly good opening. Um, it uh, opened higher than the legendary movie from two years ago, which means this is the highest gro or highest opening Godzilla movie since 
I don't know since when, but in in quite a while. So, regardless of how the movie actually is, that I think that's great news. Um, uh, and whether Toho want to do a sequel or kick back and let Legendary do more of the work, who knows? But um, but yeah, that's awesome news. Um, are you guys are you guys okay with that? Yeah, I'm always, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't we? Um, yeah, we, we want Godzilla to do well, so that's always a good news. And I'm excited that it's – I mean, whenever Godzilla does well, that means more Godzilla could possibly happen later down the road. So, And that yeah. means um, not only good news for Godzilla fans, but let's see if maybe um, some other people want to maybe pick up the uh, the mantle and, and give it another shot. Um Katakawa. Uh, yeah, come on, Gamera. Whatever <laughs> happened to that teaser trailer? Yeah, Gamera, is, <laughs> Gamera <laughs> came out talking some big shit after G14, and he hasn't been seen since. Yeah, I, I also wonder, like, even if... Because G16 is, like, a moderate success, so the, that Variety article does say, like, it was successful and it was more, more successful than G14, but it's... Still not probably what Toho was looking for. I don't know how they know that. Yeah, but from what it's in I, the article. yeah, from what I've heard, um, it's con- I mean, it it opened at number one. That's awesome. Hi, uh, best opening for a Godzilla movie in a while. That's great too. But it looks like it's still. I, I'm not sure what kind of ex- expectations Toho had, um, but it's it's considered an okay, but not great number one opening. Um, I'm not sure what it's like over there, but this happens here all the time. Like, um, there's a whole, like, uh, Man of Steel, for example, made a ton of money. It made more than, like, a lot of the other superhero movies that came before it, but Warner Brothers still considered it um, something that didn't perform very well, so much so that they felt like they needed to get Batman in for the next movie to boost the box office a little bit. So I don't know if they have the same kind of weird studio standards that we have where you can make a ton of money and still be considered a like a disappointment, but so you can basically look forward to Mothra the next movie. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think uh I think one of the things is they were comparing it to the the new uh Ava Evangelion whatever uh rebuild films and it did make a lot less than those, but from what I hear just word of mouth, like there were some a lot, a lot of Ava fans, like that went to the new Godzilla film. So maybe so they it, become yeah, fans so now. It, yeah, so, so it, that's that's actually a good point because um, love them or hate them, Anno is a very prolific um, filmmaker, and he does have a very dedicated fan base. So I'm yeah. Now that you bring it up, I'm wondering if um, there's some crossover in the fan bases that I'm sure there is, there has to be, I mean, Eva's huge. So yes, yeah, so that is going to be my point of it. Like, I don't know if Katakawa is going to get like the balls to make Gamera based on this. Cause they might just go, well, that's kind of a one-off and then just keep sitting on that trailer. That just means they got to get, what if they get like the Mi- made Akira? <laughs> what if they get like Miyazaki to d- direct the next game? Dude, that, that's been my dream for so long. He comes no. out of retirement to make a Gamera film. That would be nuts. Oh that, my god, that would be nuts. <laughs> well, so on, on top of this, we also have 
Godzilla getting a universal ride at a theme park. Like yeah. I, I don't. I, I would so, go to Japan just to see that. So yeah, it's uh, uh, one of the 4D experience rides based on um, Shin Godzilla. Um, do they have a King Kong ride at that one over there? I, I don't know. We have one here, obviously. Yeah. In the, I don't in the states, think they do. They have a lot of shit that we don't, and vice versa. Like they have like a Resident Evil. Like I'm not even sure I'd call it a ride, more like a haunted house experience. And they have just, I think they have an Ava ride also. I don't know. They... How awesome would it be to go to the King Kong ride and the Godzilla ride in the same oh, park? That would be sweet, dude. It was like a a life. Almost dropped a spoiler mind. about Shin Godzilla, but it was it was kind of mean, so I, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right there, um, it was a lifelong dream of mine to, to go to the old King Kong ride. That, uh, the actual practical animatronic one, but I never got to go. Yeah, I went to the. I didn't. I went to the one in Hollywood, which didn't have the encounter ride. It had like the tour and like you go in like the little uh, train and like it care. It like goes goes through like different movie sets and there's a King Kong one where he's like right next to the train and like roaring at you. I did. I did do that one, but that's gone too. All the cool stuff from Universal is gone. I did the Jurassic Park ride. Is which, that one still there? That one's got to be there still, right? I, I but I did that like I don't know, 10, 10 years ago, fifteen years ago. It, it was awesome when I went, but that's the closest thing I've done to anything that was uh, pretty awesome. At, you know, Universal and Spider Man. Spider Man was pretty uh pretty wicked. Um. So I I mean Godzilla uh, is back again. Um. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we'll reserve spoiler talk for when the movie comes out. But if you guys want spoilers, want to see all the crazy things that are going on in this movie, it's not hard to find. <laughs> yeah, um, so and speaking of Legendary, the other thing is uh, the company, the, the Chinese company that bought out Legendary Pictures, Wanda Entertainment, or whatever I think it's called, um, they're putting a hold on their like five billion dollar merger with Legendary because they they basically said, "Hey, Legendary, you need to prove to us more that you can make money." Um, <laughs> We're not going to buy you until you can make money. Yeah, so which if, seems like a reasonable request, I think. Yeah, so uh, well, um, I think it's just because the last few movies of theirs haven't really lit up the box office. Um, Warcraft, at least here, didn't do very well, but I think in China, it, like, people went nuts over it, so um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, Crimson Peak kind of underperformed. Uh, they've just had a string of... Uh, the last two years, Godzilla was probably the last, like, real success for them, so... That was even, like, this lukewarm success, too, and if you look back at their track record, it's not... Aside from maybe it, like the Dark Knight trilogy, the Batman, three yeah. hundred maybe you know like those are like the two big that I can think of up off the top of my yeah. head. Like and uh, they have a lot of genre favorites, you know, yeah. like Trick or Treat and stuff. But yeah, well, uh, that's kind of the risk that they've run because they're very like um, I don't know, they're very catering to the nerd fan base. It's it's more it's more they're more a studio that just is more interested in pleasing fans than, you know, 
So with that, I mean, you have more risky properties, like um, you have more off-the-wall stuff like Krampus that, you know, uh, I mean, Krampus did do really well, but I mean, what other major studio is going to back a movie like that? So, I mean, because they, they kind of tend to make more risks, I think that's probably why, you know, you're not getting hit after hit. But um, how much this will affect Godzilla 2, who knows? Um I know that they only have a few movies lined up for this year and next year. Um, but, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it won't affect Godzilla at all. Maybe it is part of the reason why there's not so much uh, news coming out. Well, we still don't have a director. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing. Um, speaking of Legendary, though, um, uh, did you guys watch the trailer for The Great Wall? Yeah. What and what, where are you guys on that? Like, uh, it's very I, controversial right now. Well, I'll see it, but you got a white guy saving the Chinese people, so I'm kind of <laughs> <laughs> like. I thought we were uh, past that. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, well, hmm, how's that going to play out? And I, and I love Matt Damon. Oh yeah. But I'm not sure that how that's going to play out in China. And I saw some yeah. pretty interesting articles well, about well, it. Well, it looks like it could be fun, but I'm just wondering if there's like an actual reason for that this given, or if it's just like, hey, here's your lead. It's it's the white guy. I don't know. I yeah. do know that it's. I was reading it's like the biggest, but because it is mostly it's predominantly a Chinese movie, Chinese production. I was reading it's like the biggest budget Chinese movie of all time or something. It didn't know that. That's well, interesting. I, I mean, I guess. But, but I'm who's not... responsible for the casting? Like, is the is it the China like the Chinese guys are like, hey, we're gonna cast a white dude to? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. I, I guess they probably cast him for international appeal. I how yeah. how like I don't know if they were just like, oh, who who do white people love? Matt. Oh, Matt yeah. Damon. I don't <laughs> we, know. We need Jason Bourne to save the day. That's what they thought, <laughs> I guess. So I feel like an idiot, but when I read the plot synopsis that's been out for like a, a while, um, or at least a summer or something, I envisioned it like in the future, like, I like never a post-apocalyptic thing, or like, <laughs> or and it made more sense than to have it like you know, white people. Like it's just it's a multicultural sort of country, or going more that way. And then like they had to use this old relic of a a thing to like combat or to, to use as a safe house. Um, but like, yeah, going back and doing like, I felt like the door was shut on this, you know, Dave Chappelle, if you guys are a big fan of the show, but he he skewered (laughs) this type of stuff, like really. um, Yeah. Like the last last samurai, Samurai, uh, the the Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. 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 That was a great, (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) And I love the last samurai, but, Oh yeah, yeah same, this is the same argument there too. So I just I don't know. Did, did you guys talk about the Kong trailer? Well, I'm glad you bring that up, Eric, because that is our next point. Speaking of oh. conventions, um, we'll start with one that we didn't go to. At least, unless you guys did something and I didn't know. No. Nope. Uh, SDCC <laughs> in San Diego showed the first trailer for Kong Skull Island. Which is not only a reboot for King Kong, it's also the second movie in Legendary's um, Godzilla-verse, whatever you want to call it, I have no idea. Um, And the movie that will eventually lead us to King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, So, uh, I'll start by asking you guys, what did you think of that trailer? 
I'll let, I'll let Eric go first. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. No, that's all good. Well, one thing I want to say real quick is it's kind of weird, and I see it happening like, all the time, like from official stuff too, from Legendary, like the first film in the new Kong Godzilla trilogy. I'm like, so what does that mean for the 2014 Godzilla? Like, is that not the first film? Is that like, I don't, I don't. So that's just, I'm confused about that because they're always referring to like this as being kind of the first film in this new trilogy. Don't worry about it. I guess, I guess, man. I just get hung up on the. Maybe. Well, I, gonna... I, I think it's also how people keep saying Batman v Superman is the movie that's kicking off the DC yeah, it's movie like, universe, it's... even though there was a movie that came before it. That, I mean, I, it's just who cares, you know? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> about the trailer, I was. Um... I loved it. Um, I was blown away. Uh, the cast is like, how the how did you do that? Like, get all those amazing people in one movie about a giant gorilla. Like, that's crazy. Um, yeah, from what I could tell of Kong, the, the design looks good. The face, it you can't really see much, but it looks. Um, I don't know, like. I can't really tell much about it, but the the body proportions, I, I kind of like that um, they're not going the typical gorilla route again. They're going more like the upright walking, um, and he's fucking huge. He's uh, huge. Massive, I, yeah. I, I, try, I, I can't really contemplate, like, how big he is. Like, is he big enough to fight Godzilla now? My guess is, is he, he, he probably grow? is. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, they keep saying he's only 100 feet tall, and I don't think that's bigger. true from the trailer. <laughs> I think that was just like – they said that as like, a, oh, this Kong's like 100 feet. I don't think yeah. they meant it like literally. Yeah. But, I yeah, I mean, even if he if he is 100 feet, I mean, Kong's known for, you know, brute strength. A 100-foot Kong could – that's faster and stronger than a 300-foot Godzilla could still be an interesting fight. Yeah. Plus, I – still withhold like they're going to do something like <laughs> Kong gets a blood transfusion from Godzilla or something. <laughs> Wait, we've seen the didn't we see the blood transfusion or something from like King Kong Lives or whatever they did? He had a mechanical heart. In <laughs> That's that what one. it was. Yeah. I remember yeah. there was the old issue of G-Fest or G-Fan that had a like a modern day matchup between the two and it's literally how they solved it like after Kong fell off the Empire State Building they like gave him some radioactive stuff and i'm not sure it was actual blood or not but then it just like grew and they or fought. maybe this is like a baby kong or something yeah could see that too but I, the, the trailer the trailer was awesome um excited for the movie and this goes back full circle to the whole wanda thing if kong underperforms man that, that's scary not that i think it will but like i'm, I'm hoping my hopes are that this movie does really well at the box office because this is setting the the, the groundwork for the Godzilla versus Kong matchup. And if the movie doesn't do well, or maybe, maybe does say it does moderately well, then maybe they throw out like Godzilla two and they go right into Godzilla versus King Kong. And they don't just, they don't do a Godzilla two. They just do, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong instead. And we don't get like a true Godzilla versus Godzilla, you know, sequel. We just get the, the proverbial King Kong versus Godzilla remake instead. I almost think that makes more sense. Yeah, I do too. And then maybe after that movie, maybe we get something crazy like Godzilla King Kong and then they toss in like King Ghidorah and Rodan and Mothra or something like that and make like a Destroy All Monsters mashup or something and just have Kong in there as well. That actually makes more sense, I think, like Berber just saying, like 
because you're gonna go a few more years now without people seeing Kong, um, unless he has like a cameo in Godzilla too. So yeah, I, I I think unless there's like a actual reason that we don't know about, or if there's a plot that they want to do to Godzilla two that would lead us into Kong, I really think it would make more sense just to go right to Kong and Godzilla. But yeah, I think you need to build towards King Ghidorah anyways. Like. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've got him as like this cosmic Lovecraftian bad guy, and like it's he really needs to kind of like build up to that. You know? uh, yeah, I, I want to see I want to see the badass King Ghidorah that we like all know and love. Because I'm sorry, but even though Grand King, King Ghidorah looked awesome, he wasn't the the destroyer, like the destroyer of of, of worlds, basically that that we all. I don't know. I, I want to see like Shawa King Ghidorah just ripping the cities apart, the w- the way that we got in the first two films that he appeared in. I'm kind of you know I, that that's what I want to see. Um, but yeah, the this Kong trailer. There's so many awesome shots in this. Um, like uh, when his hand swats that helicopter, when like you see the uh, the camera like pan up and like he's he's just standing there. Um. I love the part with the soldier on the Triceratops Yeah, that skull. was the best shot trailer for me. Um, that was sweet. And you could tell from that shot that everything on the island is significantly bigger because that's way bigger than a normal Triceratops skull would be. So, uh, Yeah, um, and I, I'm, I'm, I went from, oh, another King Kong movie, cool, to being, like, super, super excited about this. It'd be really cool because they're going to have such a gigantic sort of dinosaurs I know it's not going to happen, but, like, instead of a T-Rex, make it a, a Gorosaurus, you know? Just... That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> um, and, like, from what I know about the plot, uh, and it's, it, you know, it's, it is a Vietnam setting. Um, I forget who. It might have been Devin Farachi who said, like, from what he knows about the plot, he said it could be explained as Apocalypse Now, but with, instead of uh, Kurtz, it's King Kong, and I'm like, oh my god, that's that just sounds amazing. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, that's that's my most uh, look forward to movie right now, bar none. Yeah, it's up there, man. Um, next year's gonna have some good stuff because we got Star Wars, we got Apes, the new Alien movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about it. Yeah, I have some reservations about that movie. <laughs> well, Eric was always telling me like he really wanted to meet Ripley's mom in an alien what? movie. <laughs> and I mean, now he's getting That's his wish. Bullshit. So. That is the worst idea. That is I, and the studio like <laughs> I feel like it is true because they like they that cease and assist thing where they just took it all down. Like you don't do that if it's just bullshit. So why did they? Why? Why? That would is you... the stupidest idea. We were gonna make Prometheus too, and they were like, ah, "Nah, we decided to not really make Prometheus and kind of make an alien movie." But you know what? This needs. This needs. This needs a mom. That's what we're. <laughs> gonna, like, this, well, that's what every alien movie needs. Isn't the new Shane Black Predators coming out next oh, year? I forget. Yeah, I think. Oh that's yeah, coming. man, next year is gonna be awesome. Yeah, it is. Um monster fans dream so so speaking of monster fans dream i think we should lead off with g-fest because that happened first man we're killing the segues tonight this is (laughs) awesome (laughs) okay so um 
I guess I'll start. Uh, well, I, I'll talk a little bit about what I did, but, um, so, what, two, three weeks ago, three weeks ago almost? Jeez, time flies. I went to G-Fest, which was, I think, I think this is my 10th or 11th time. I went to the first public one back in 96, so I've been going on and off since then, since I was 11. Um, You're old bird. Yeah, I know. I am too, it's alright. But it was a lot of fun. Um, I I tend to prefer stuff like G-Fest or, um, uh, you know, we have a, a small horror convention here in the Detroit area that I also go to. I like, I like the smaller conventions more than like the giant multimedia comic cons. Um, uh, G-Fest especially is so much more community driven, um, and it's very tightly knit. Um, so, uh, when I go, I just kind of do my own thing. I don't really hang out with a lot of people or follow people around. I just have my own agenda, but, I mean, I've been going so long now that people know me, people recognize me, I talk to a lot of people, um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, there were, like, a billion guests this year. Um, Akira Takarada, who needs no introduction on this podcast, I'm sure, uh, but him being there is really what sold me on going this year. Um, and then uh, Linda Miller was there from King Kong Escapes, uh, who had pretty much, people thought, fallen off the face of the earth since that movie. But um, uh, the guys at G-Fan tracked her down and got her to attend. So there was a cool King Kong Escapes reunion. Um, and then... Uh, the other one was Ultraman. Uh, we had uh, Hiroku Sakurai, who played Fuji in the original series, and uh, Ben Furuya, who was in the Ultraman suit. Um, he was a member of the team on Ultra 7, played a bunch of different monsters in Ultra Q. Um, he was there as well. Um, and then, I mean, there were some other guests that, uh, like uh, Hiroshi Sage, who's a model maker, um, who sculpts kaiju uh toys and models and he also worked on some of the movies he's there uh he's there like every year he's cool um yoshikazu ishii who is a special effects assistant on a lot of the millennium movies and um the second assistant director for the special effects on final wars he was there he's been there like a million times he's always cool and of course robert scott field m11 who has been there every single year since 2000 um, who is always awesome and super involved in the fandom. Um, and, uh, you know, went and saw a couple cool panels. There was one on yokai, uh, that was a lot of fun. I went into, uh, like a, there was a history of Japanese superheroes one that was really fun. Um, my favorite panel outside of like the, the guest panels was one about, um, the Kaiju Sonorama records. Do you guys know what those are? I have no clue, to be honest with you. No, I'm I've sh- never heard of that. Uh, well, I'm sure if I showed you guys some of the artwork, uh, which is what they're known for, you would probably at least recognize a couple pieces. But Sonorama records were back in uh, the 60s and in Japan. They were very popular. They were like storybooks on record. Um, 
and <clears throat> they were known for like the the art the in the booklets and on the covers very cool um art um that I, I know you guys have seen it. You just probably didn't know what it uh, went to. But basically, in these records was a little story to accompany the art. And um, they just did all kinds of, of, uh, of wacky things back then. Um, uh, so not only would they do, like, direct adaptations of different movies, but they would also do their own stories. Like, there was one all about Amanda versus Varan, for example. Um, like there was one that was like Mogera, Dogera, and like Baragon attacking a city. Um, there was one that was King Kong versus King Ghidorah. There was a, an Ultraman versus King Ghidorah one. Um, and just, you know, learning about what those old records were like and, uh, just seeing all the artwork, um, Stan Hyde, who had presented it, um, uh, went through a whole Ultraman story with us on, um, uh, going through each page. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, so if you, if you guys ever seen any of that vintage art that'll have like just seemingly random monsters just all together for no yeah, real now that, reason. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I was always curious like what the hell that stuff was. So, um, it was cool to actually kind of learn a little bit about it. Um, and then, uh, my favorite part was obviously Akira Takarada. Um, his Q&A was great, and um, him and Linda Miller did a King Kong Escapes reunion panel that was awesome. And just, you know, a lot of, between the two of them, um, just a lot of fun stories. Um, you know, stories about people that aren't with us anymore, like Rhodes Reason, who co-starred in it, and Ishiro Honda. Um, and, you know, you can tell that the they had a good time uh, making that movie, Linda said that um, Takarada and Rhodes were like uh, big brothers, but they were also both like constantly like hitting on her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, but Akira Takarada, talk about a charismatic. Um, he uh, he's been I think I think this was his third time, maybe second. But um, there really is a reason that people love him so much. Just super charismatic, super friendly, super humble. Um, and out of all the Japanese guests that come here for conventions, he's probably the most famous or the biggest star. I mean, he was like the the big box office star of the time in Japan in the 60s. You know, they used to compare him to Cary Grant or Clark Gable what they would be here. Um, you know, I mean, he wasn't quite Toshiro Mifune superstar status, but, but, you know, and, uh, but, you know, he, he said that he gets more attention at G-Fest than he does just in Japan, you know, and he was just super, he said, and he, he said what we've said all, all along is that the, the American fan base for Godzilla is way bigger more vocal and more passionate than like anywhere else in the world and i mean he's traveled all over the place but again talk about just charismatic and funny guy um like he's probably one of my favorite guests that they've ever had um and just super just chill and cool you know um like uh uh during the q a one fan i don't i don't know if this person was trying to like 
start something or bait him or what. But the question was, how did you feel about getting cut from Godzilla 2014, and what are your thoughts on Gareth Edwards? And he handled that question like a pro. He just, he said, well, I mean, he started off by saying, like, so, in, in English, he said, so sad, you know, saying, you know, he was super sad and disappointed to be cut out of the movie, but he did elaborate, you know, that everyone was super apologetic. Um, he said Gareth wrote him a two-page apology letter, and then um, when they were in Japan for the premiere, um, Gareth and a couple of the bigwigs at Legendary uh, personally went to visit Takarada to make sure, you know, there were no hard feelings, and, you know, they had dinner, and everyone was, everyone was, everyone was cool, and he, he said, you know, and he, he really made a point to say, you know, he, he doesn't blame Edwards, you know, he understands that studio decisions like that happen a lot, and he said, this is, he said, he, he pretty much said, guys, I've been in a lot of movies, I've been cut out of a lot of movies, you know, it, it, and it, it's it's never a good feeling, but it's, you know, it's just something that happens in the business. And for how much drama that cameo getting cut out of that movie caused, just to hear, hear it come from his mouth, you know, such a, a, a calm, cool head, you know, it was rather refreshing. Because, I mean, I think we talked about this before on the podcast that, I mean, there's... There was no reason for that to blow up the way that it did. And, you know, he, he's been in the business for 60 years. He knows, he knows the way things work. Um, moving on from that, um, I didn't check out Hiroku Sakurai's panel. Not that I didn't want to. She seemed very happy to be there. Uh, but there was just too much to do in the day. Um, just kind of why I like when they don't load it up with guests like this. It's just... You know, it's just too much. I want to do other things after a while sitting in a a, a, a freezing ballroom <laughs> listening to people talk. You know, you want to get out and go to the dealer's room and check out model displays and stuff like that. Um, but I did go to Ben Furuya's panel. And like a, uh, like Takarada, just a total class act, super charismatic, super friendly, very funny. Um, this panel I, th- I thought could have been a little more informative just because the moderators who... I don't want to name any names, but just the mo- it's one of those things where the moderators start to do more talking than the guest, and it's really like, well, you know, can we get to the point so we can hear the guest talk? Um, and uh, the other thing I did, uh, I went to Ed G, uh, did a panel on his Ashiro Honda book, and really just kind of talked about Honda. I talked a lot about his work with Kurosawa. Um, didn't really learn anything new, but it was it was a really nice preview of the book and a lot of rare photographs. And I did, really did he can't update wait. the book at all out of curiosity because I know he's been working on that. Did they update um, like the date? book is finished and it is in the hands of the publisher, and they are kind of going back and forth on several different titles. I know there's one that Ed and Steve, the authors of the book. Um, like a little bit more, but the publisher seems to want the other one. But it, seems, it, it sounds like the the wheels are finally in motion. Um, the reason it took that book so long because it's been years since they said they were going to write it is because um, they wanted to. They didn't want to do the book unless they were able to see every film that Honda had directed. Um, and 
not only here in the U.S., but even in Japan, his non-science fiction films are very hard to get a hold of. So they um, actually reached out and worked hand-in-hand with the Honda family. Um, I think it was Honda's granddaughter. I'm not exactly sure, so don't quote me on it. But she provided them with copies of each film, and um, uh, she, she translated each movie for them herself. That's awesome. So that's why it's just been a super long process. But from what it seems, it was a labor of love. And um, Ed and Steve and um, the Honda family have all busted their asses getting this 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 stuff done. Um, so I, I, I do feel like it's going to be well worth the wait. Um, and, well, this is also re- relating to every panel I went with. Maybe you guys have a similar experience that you you can share when we get into uh, your guys' convention from last weekend, but I hate the Q&As because I always (laughs) have questions that I really want to ask, and I never get – well, I get picked – I've gotten picked sometimes, but I almost never get picked, and the person that gets picked instead of me has something stupid to ask, and it drives me crazy. Like, uh, because Ed opened the floor up for questions – and um, I think you guys know this, but um, the, the, the Honda book is actually going to have a, a, a foreword by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, in my opinion, I, I feel like he's probably the best living filmmaker, um, one of my favorites, and one of the best directors of all time. Yeah. And, um, I mean, for someone with that much clout to be opening up a book about Ashiro Honda, who who's known mostly for these silly science fiction movies like that's a huge deal and as a fan of this stuff and uh, scorsese like that means a lot to me and i wanted to ask him so bad like how the hell did you guys get martin scorsese to be involved in this but um they're like okay i got time for one more question i'm like oh me 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 and then the guy in front of me gets picked and he's like which of ashiro honda's movies were his was his favorite and i'm like oh my god you can google that (laughs) <laughs> so without spoiling uh sort of the meat and potatoes of our um <laughs> convention experience i will say we had we shared maybe one uh similar situation where some very uh dumb things were, were asked and said oh, and man, then we... but in the, um in this other panel um there are actually a lot of the questions that Matt and I talked about asking beforehand were the ones that were asked, so it was actually not too bad. There's okay. a few stinkers, but... Um. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and that that was just, like, my day. Like, Takarada's on there, and he's awesome. He's right in front of us. He can only answer a few questions, make them count, and people are just asking him, like, the same old stories about, you know, what was it like working on Godzilla 54, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, to me, to me, like, I'm, I'm such a nerd. It's like, I don't want to hear about Godzilla 54 anymore. I want to hear, get into the, some deep cuts. Like, I want to hear about The Last War. I want to hear about Latitude Zero. Like, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Um, oh, uh, one thing is, uh, I did learn, we did learn, uh, I, I, it's no secret, uh, Nick Adams... Uh, everyone on the Toho sets loved Nick Adams, um, and he got to be very close with um, a lot of the actors and stuff. Even with the language barrier, um, he they were really good friends, and him and Takarada especially became very good friends. And uh, Takarada shared uh, the nickname that he'd come up for Nick Adams. Um, <laughs> do either of you want to guess what that nickname might be? I have no idea. 
<laughs> I don't uh, even want to guess. His nickname for Nick Adams was Mr. Horny. Oh, that's so on the nose. <laughs> that's so on the nose. So he called him Mr. Horny, and he, he said that uh, he didn't speak Japanese, so he was always trying to get Akira Takarada to introduce him and hook him up with different Japanese, Japanese girls and stuff. And Wasn't it, he married at the time? Uh, yeah, you know, we don't have to get into that. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Oh, <laughs> um, man. But no, it, it really does sound like all those guys had a really good time working on these movies. Um, That's really cool, though, because, I mean, those two guys, they make Monster Zero, like, pretty I, much. I mean, and, That's uh, my favorite, yeah, my yeah, favorite Those movie two <laughs> actors, they have such great chemistry, and I, I really feel like a lot of that chemistry was shared off-screen. Um, it sounds like those guys were just just really good pals. Um, it's terrible. Uh, and other than that, I mean, uh, I did the usual convention thing. I bought a lot of stuff. I spent an absurd amount of money on Japanese books that I'm never going to be able to read. Um, uh, probably the best thing I took away was um, I got the big uh, photo book that came from that uh, Hideki Anno Shinji Higuchi Tokusatsu exhibit in Japan. Um, it's like 200, 300 pages, and it's all just photos of the props that were on display. And, like, they got everything in there from Godzilla to Gamera, Ultraman, Mighty Jack, The Last Dinosaur, um, both sinking of Japan's. Um, it, and some of the, the props in there are in better condition than others, but some are looking great. Like, the original Atragon prop looks awesome. Um uh, yeah, and I, I don't get into the toy collecting, really, but um, if that's what you want, G-Fest is the place to be. Um, I took my girlfriend, who, you know, she's watched a few of the movies with me, she likes them, she's not like a super nerd like me, but even she managed to have a great time, um, and even she even said, like, wow, everyone here is, like, so nice. Um, and that's true, I mean, I, I, in my years of going to these conventions, I haven't had a single negative interaction of any kind with anybody there um and uh you know i think partially uh i mean you know any fandom on the internet you're gonna get a lot of assholes but i, I feel like the true the, the people that are nerdy enough to go to the conventions uh those people are gonna stay at home on their computers i don't i don't think they're going to the conventions which is fine with me um but yeah, it was a great time, uh, and you know I'm sure I'll come back next year. Um, so that's G Fest, really. Um, I don't really have too much else to to share. So, so Eric and I got to go to Fandom Fest, and this was, I think this was both of our first event like this, wasn't it? Was it your first event, Eric, as well? Yeah, it was. Uh, I've never been to anything like any sort of Comic Con or anything. Yeah, so so we actually we we both basically got there about the same time. We got there kind of late on Friday, and we we walk in and like I remember walking in and we see um, we see somebody that we're both friends with uh, on Facebook. His his name is Dell. I'm like I think that's Dell, and he works with the um, the Godzilla suit actors. And so like right behind him, we immediately start seeing um, there's Ben Faria, and then there is Kitagawa, and like. I immediately go into shell shock, which is weird because normally with like actors and like even musicians, like I, I don't, I don't feel that way. 
And like, I'm like, do I go say hi? And at this point, they're kind of closing down because we got there like 45 minutes before they're wrapping up. It was Friday, it was opening night. And it's it, it's a big venue, but there weren't a ton of people there that night. And I'm like, I don't I don't know what to say. And then we walk around the corner, and there's everybody. You have Nakajima, you have Yoshida, you have Satsuma. And I'm like, I, I'm I'm basically paralyzed at that point because here are my childhood heroes that I wanted to meet forever. Never thought I'd ever get to see them. And I think, Eric, you probably can speak to this too. I mean, I don't know how you felt, but I was basically staring there like, uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't even know what to say. Yeah, I got uh, the same sort of shell shock sort of – not shell shock, but uh, I had like this sort of uh, frozen state as well where it's just like so respectful. Like I'm not even worthy to breathe the same air and just kind of like I'll stand over here and just kind of wave awkwardly. <laughs> but um, – no, nah, then we, you know, started because we do know some of these these people at least uh, through um, Facebook and these other groups. who are kind of able to strike up a conversation, and uh, I think that night um, you and I got some stuff signed by Nishikawa and maybe some. I know I I got uh, I bought his book that night, and I think I got a, an art print too. So that's a great um, book, by the way. Yeah, that book is fantastic. There's. So the one thing I quickly learned is um, Matt and I do uh, collect figures um, quite a bit, especially this past year. But um, there's only so much – figures take up a lot of space. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of like uh, sort of um, a rule of diminishing returns. Like you, you start to lose that sort of high that you got. Well, I got – that same sense of high, like just looking through the books and I was like, these, um, so what I ended up spending a lot of money on actually was, was books there. I just, there were so many, like the, uh, Matt got the, um, this one with the yellow cover, uh, like the art of Godzilla. Like I'm so envious that like if I had more money with me, um, I would have got that one too. But like, uh, that was a surprising thing for me. Is just like having all those books, and you see the covers like on Facebook, like "Hey, a new book's out." I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then you like start flipping through the pages, you're like, "Oh my god, these things are amazing!" So, yeah, like the the next day really was kind of where the big stuff happened for me, anyway. Because I, I get in the elevator and it opens up, and there is. Uh, Nakajima. That's and, all you uh, did is riding dude, elevators. I, I don't, dude, it pissed me off so much. Every time you went in the fucking <laughs> elevator, just like, <laughs> I, I would just see a selfie get posted on Facebook. <laughs> with another... I, don't, I don't even know how it happened. I get in the elevator and like, here's Nakajima and his daughter. And like, I'm like, uh, I, I literally, I wanted to like, like, hug him? like hug him, <laughs> like my grandpa and tell him how awesome he was. And like, I knew he wouldn't understand a word that I was going to say, but and I, I just I had no, I had no words, but like that moment, like I know p- some people probably have no understanding. I can't even express how much is just that. Like that was that was just riding an elevator for like thirty seconds was amazing. And then we get to go to the convention later, and I spent I, I got like I, I think I literally got fifteen things signed, which is stupid, but I did. I, I brought a bunch of uh, X Plus and, and Godzilla figures, and I bought some stuff there, and got a bunch of uh, Bob Eggleton T-shirts there. Um, I got two Nishikawa books there that he that he put little you know chibi figures, and he signed them. And I got a poster that uh, was a uh, from a book signing in Japan. Got that autographed. A ton of pictures. Um, my wife went with me, and we were doing you know the, like some of the poses with uh, 
Ben Faraya, which was great. He's, and by the way, he's hilarious. He's, like you talked about, incredibly charismatic, but he is, he is funny. I mean, he's one of the funniest guys. And, and every, the interesting thing is after meeting all of the actors and the, the suit actors, like you can kind of see their personalities come out in the actual, like the, the Godzillas and, and Ultraman. Like when you're watching them on screen, like they all act, their personalities shine through in the movies, in my opinion. And yeah. It's yeah, it really an awesome thing to see after meeting them and spending time with them. There was two that didn't exactly sync up, but I, the more I think about it, the more it kind of makes sense. So Kitagawa, the Millennium Godzilla for the most part, um, he had just had open heart surgery. So he was a little um, sort of more subdued, but I didn't get a chance to interact with him all that much. But from what I heard, um, he's a really nice, outgoing guy. It's just... Um, Again, if he, he literally had his chest split open here like a few months ago, um, and so, but so I wasn't able to make much of a direct correlation between him and the Godzilla he betrayed. But he was really nice when I got his autograph. And then uh, Yoshida <laughs> is the nicest, warmest guy. Like we actually, Matt and I, uh, we had a dinner later on that night. We were sitting next to him. He's the nicest, most outgoing guy, and yet he portrays like the most evil Godzilla ever. Um, so that one, but I think I can kind of make that connection because he's just so outgoing and so larger than life that I was like, you know what? I can see how how he was able to, that's his Godzilla, just these big movements. You know, this dude, Matt, we all had the, the same plate of food and Matt and I were struggling and this dude just like... Uh, Power, dude, he pounded that. Pounded it down. <laughs> like his plate. Yeah. Well, isn't, isn't that happen. why they cast him in GMK? The, wasn't it that yeah. Kaneko wanted a taller Nishi, actor? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, like Nishikawa, or uh, not Nishikawa. Um, so, like, Satsuma and obviously Nakajima. Um, Yoshida is the biggest guy there by far. Like, it's not even close. I mean, he's he's a kind of big, got a, like, slightly burly build to him, big wide shoulders. And the other guys are not nearly close to his size. So that's why he did it. Um, and, and it was. I don't know. It was it was just really awesome because we got to go out to dinner and have drinks and spend time with them for like two and a half hours. Yeah, that was that that was the coolest experience by far. I mean, Yoshida um, was pouring a sake like he so like they bring us our dinner and they bring us our drinks. And he go, and he actually stopped me from pouring my drink and he actually poured it for me, which I thought was like it was just like a really cool thing for him to do. And then as I'm grabbing my chopsticks, he actually took the wrapper from the chopsticks and he makes like this origami thing and he puts it down in front of me. And then he shows me like what he was doing was you when you're done with your chopsticks or when you're resting, you put the chopsticks on it instead of putting them on the table. So like it was just cool for him to like sh- to, to share that kind of stuff. And then I was really impressed with um like Ben Faraya, he has such a, a respect for Nakajima. Like he, he was going around individually with every single person and toasting with them. But he went over to Nakajima first, and he gives him a big hug, and he wraps his arm around him, and he calls him senpai, you know, like master and that kind of thing. And he, he has such a respect for him even now. Even now, like it, it was just really sweet and kind-hearted and very touching. That's yeah, a lot morning, like I... how that's a lot how like he was with Takarada at G Fest. Like he even said like Takarada is the reason he wanted to become an actor to begin with and he was just like like you super mean... just like excited to be next to him. Like um so so yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Did did you get any good stories about the two of them working together uh, <laughs> in Ultraman? Because we we got some nice some good stuff. Apparently, um, Super I told uh, uh, Nakajima to, to to really make uh, 
Faraya sort of work for it and really give him a hard time and kind of beat him up a little bit. Yeah, he, um, he said that Nakajima just anytime, uh, like I think with, I think it was the fight with Naranga in Ultraman. He just said like he got his ass beat, <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> like this is the worst." Like he's he said uh, Nakajima plays very rough. <laughs> yeah, Dude, he, Nakajima is. Um, like Matt was saying, sort of like how each one kind of embodies their respective Godzilla, and Nagajima is, you know, sort of case in point. Like that dude, he is, you know, he's getting older, so he's a little more um, maybe fragile than he once was. Like he still could probably beat us all to death if he wanted to, <laughs> but um, he's got that weird mix, man. Like you can see, this dude is the same dude who played like the '64 and the '54 Godzillas. And then maybe, you know, the, also the, the 68 or the 62, like, he's got this sense of humor. He's really um, outgoing, but at the same time, there's, like, this sort of, I don't know, regalness. Just maybe because we know who he is, but, like, there's, like, this sense of authority about him and, and just everyone respects him. He, he, uh, was, he was Gyra. The mean, Gyra, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> Furuya was saying, like, oh, you guys at G-Fest, like, you guys know Nakajima is, like, the sweet little old man, like, your grandpa, but back in the day, you, you like, prayed you didn't have to do a scene with him, because he was gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely tell that, man, like, he's, he's got that sort of devil-may-care, like, beat you up and then go like sign an autograph for a kid or something <laughs> so so one of the uh so one of the people from the godzilla table jessica she brought a um sword and actually she was kind of messing around with uh, satsuma because he actually brought his sword with him which was awesome and i think no, I he that. just walks around with a sword at this point yeah he does actually <laughs> but she, i gotta she, correct like, that real quick because yeah, i like, asked her about it yeah i seriously on the drive back so uh matt and i both live in ohio so um this was in con- Kentucky um and on the like the two and a half hour three hour drive back because Kentucky traffic sucks um I'm just thinking like how the hell did Satsuma get a samurai sword in through customs like how sword I'm assuming yeah so that I was like I had I had to ask her like so and she's like yeah I brought him um my sword and then he trained you know he was actually really cool and he gave her some like some training lessons and signed her sword for her but <laughs> i still i was like i was told her i was a little disappointed that you know i had in my head all these cool sort of stories of how he just like walked in with a <laughs> with sword the <laughs> but the funny thing the funny thing was there's a picture on facebook of nakajima and he's got the sword in his hand he looks like he's about to kill somebody like he he's standing up um at the panel not the panel but like at the table and he and he still it, like it should like he still got it man like he still got like the samurai pose down like it was it's an incredible picture it's actually one of my, one of my favorite pictures from the weekend um it, and it was it was awesome to he, he signed a bunch of my stuff and it was awesome to be able just to like sit there and like shake his hand and um i got a picture with uh actually nishikawa drew um, all all four Godzillas and Ultraman for me, and, ha- and I had everything signed. And they took a picture with everybody, and they took a couple pictures. And the in the last picture, um, obviously Ben Fry, he's always saying, you know, she watch and he for Ultraman. But on the last time, he said Gojira, and it was funny because um, Nakajima wasn't smiling a ton, but when he said that, he started laughing. And so I had this awesome picture on my Facebook where like Nakajima smiling because of that. So I, that's probably my favorite photo from the weekend. 
and you know the it it it's kind of it's it's a little sad because Nakajima is getting older. He's he's obviously a lot more feeble. Man, he was a trooper. He was super sweet. Um, I, I just like like I said, he reminds me of my grandpa. My grandpa, but he could definitely kick everybody's ass there if you really wanted to. <laughs> you can just tell yeah. like he's definitely still got that got, got that in him. And uh, and his daughter, um, you know, I, I think it's Sanoe. I'm not sure if I'm saying her her name correctly, but. She was really sweet to everybody. She's helping um, helping him up. Anything he needed, she was there to tend to him. It was just one of those like very sweet things that you like to see. I mean, I don't know. I, I, those kind of things for me are really touching. And, and one of the coolest things I saw, there was a, another uh, kid there who he had actually made clay sculptures for every Godzilla suit actor of their suit of like a, one of their you know Godzilla suits. And he gave it to him, and when he gave Nakajima his, Nakajima invited him to sit down next to him at dinner, and the kid, like, started crying. And, like, you know, I'm a dad, so, like, everything makes me, like, get all emotional now. I mean, it happens when you're a father, because my kid's too. And I'm, like, trying to, like, not cry, too, because, like, the kid's, like, sitting there crying and like, trying to hold back. And, like, it's just really cool to see these guys have an impact on the fans. And... Like, it, it meant a lot to me, like to see that that he cared that much about what the kid did for did for him, that he wanted to spend time with him and appreciate the sculpture the guy had made for him. So that that's the kind of stuff that I thought was really cool about the weekend. That everybody was very receptive, and they're all really awesome. They were great to spend time with. Um, Satsuma, man, I, I got I ran into him in the foyer. Me and my wife just sat down with him on the couch, and we're chilling with him. And I got to show him a video of my son playing Godzilla. My son runs around the house and growls, and we were laughing about it. Like I, I got to sit down next to my favorite incarnation of Godzilla, which is a '90s Godzilla, and tell him he was my favorite. Like, how great is that? I got to meet my favorite Godzilla and tell him that he was my favorite. Something I never thought would happen. So those are things that'll that'll be with me forever for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, Satsuma, I haven't met since '96, but um, yeah, he was a lot of fun. Um. What did you guys get signed, just out of curiosity? Um, I got, uh, so, so Matt, like you said, he got a lot of figures. I got, I got books mainly, then I got a, um, one of the 8x10 pictures, um, of the Godzilla 2000, and the poster, and we, uh, actually, at the end of the night, um, for the, the dinner, they gave us uh, these, they're called whiteboards, um, and they were each signed by all five of them. And then they each, uh, Nishikawa drew like a personalized chibi Godzilla, a uh, different one on each one. Um, so we got those as well. And uh, someone was saying today, you know, on Facebook, like these are probably the only set of these in the world that have all, you know, from one event and with these personalized uh, Chibi, like the, having all five of these guys hasn't really happened, uh, and at least as far as I know, uh, at a convention before. So that was that was pretty cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, I, it. I had a couple commissions by Nishikawa. I got a Godzilla versus uh, Rodan picture that he drew. Um, I and then I got the Chibi heads that he drew, and then I got the the whiteboard, and then I got a couple books from. I got his two books. And then I got a bunch of I got a X plus from each uh, Godzilla actor, plus uh, Ultraman. I got have an X plus of him that was signed. Then I got a um, a giant marmot burning Godzilla uh, signed by Satsuma. Um, and then a bunch of I got so many Nakajima figures signed that I can't even honestly count because I mean I just 
I, I wanted to make it make it count because I just I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to see him again. Um, I don't know if he's going to come to G Fest next year or not. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that if I uh, I'm going to take I want to take advantage of this opportunity, especially. So it's I always think it's cool to have stuff like that. Like um, uh, I met Nakajima in 96 and then when he came back in, I think, 2009, I brought an actual picture of me, him and Satsuma together from 96, which is like awesome. 12 years prior. And he signed it for me. And so it's always awesome to do stuff like that. Yeah, my, my favorite's probably I have a the M1 Nakajima figure, which is like it's him in like the half Godzilla suit. Uh, that's probably my my favorite uh, thing that I got signed over the weekend. Plus the um, the Rick Boy Godzilla 1964 light up figure. That that was probably my my two favorites. Um, and there's a couple panels I want to talk about. I'm gonna let Eric talk about the really bad panel. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> So yeah, there's only two panels um, over this. They're both on Saturday, and they uh, two panels about Godzilla or Kaiju. Um, and uh, you know, the Godzilla Ultraman panel it was later in the day, and it had uh, we, these little pamphlets and sort of schedules. And that one had a huge, descri- you know, a huge, but a paragraph description of what was going to happen, who was going to be there, you know, all the all the guests. Um, this other one that said uh, Godzilla and manga and comics, and it had no description. I was like, "Well, you know, it's got Godzilla in the title. How you know how bad can it be?" So we get there a little bit early, and um, and it's like a, a really small room. Like it maybe what there's like thirty seats in it, um, <laughs> and so the only seats that are left actually at that point are in the front row. So we go sit in the front. <laughs> Uh, like literally like maybe two or three feet away from the table. And then some, the dude walks in, um, kind of looks at his phone and a few seconds later, another, you know, three other people walk in and they start putting their books on the table that they're going to promote. And at this point I start getting like worried. I'm like, these books have like nothing to do with like, there's no Kaiju. This is like just standard sort of bullshit. And they start talking a little bit and like, oh, yeah. So they start introducing themselves. And uh, I think three of the four people on there were uh, um, self-published or small published, um, small publisher uh, urban fantasy authors. And at that point, I'm like, shit, because in my mind, and I'm sorry if this offends people, there's a lot of good urban fantasy out there. But when I hear urban fantasy, I hear crap. (laughs) Because, Kyle, do you know what urban fantasy is? Uh, I might, but I... (laughs) It's just like, it's it's just, um, it's kind of like Harry Potter for adults. It's like the Dresden Files and stuff like that. It's just like, it's a catch-all for like any sort of magical element in a city-like setting. And it's just like, every self-published author or small published, you know, um, author, they all kind of work in that genre. And it's so much stuff and so much of it is is not good (laughs) but so they sit down and they're like well we don't really have a um much of an itinerary here so let's just uh what do you guys want to talk about what and (laughs) so it's just like so what did it have to do with godzilla or comics or i'm not sure yeah so um (laughs) yeah so about you know 10 minutes go by and 
not comics make none of that gets just going back and forth and one of the ladies is like you know how about that last godzilla movie and like which one is that they're like oh the one in uh with jean reno in it and like she thought that was legitimately the last godzilla movie <laughs> that was a really long time ago <laughs> i was just like i was like oh my god and i was like well I just kind of died a little bit inside, and since I'm, you know, military background, I can just kind of shut my brain off and just kind of stare into oblivion and just, you know, be content. Because I'm like, you know what? I don't. Maybe Matt's getting something out of this. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just like, I've been checked out at about ten minutes in. <laughs> he he, all of a sudden, like, he flashes me his phone and just like. Want to leave? And I was like, yeah, yes. It's just not a yes. <laughs> we just freaking like sprinted out of there, but it was it was brutal. There was like a kid behind us, just that real nasally, geeky, nerdy voice, just and just had some really inane questions and <laughs> some some people that just thought they were wittier and, and more hilarious than they actually were. And off oh, to that's the, the worst. And they were like making these like jokes and like, and just they weren't funny. Um, I don't know, but they had like these really boisterous, loud sort of personalities. So they thought they were hilarious, and there was two of them, so they kind of fed off each other. Oh. And uh, it was just, it was the worst. Um, There's maybe one or two people that, um, out of the four, that maybe actually kind of semi knew what they were talking about and had an appreciation for the genre. But it was, uh, as far as our first panel ever in a Comic Con, it was horrible. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anything. Man. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. I, I'm it was. Ugh. I, I seriously, Bird. I I wanted. I really wish that you could have enjoyed the suffering with us. <laughs> like it was so it was so bad. My 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 wife would have like my wife would have done a better job, and she and she knew more than about Godzilla than they do, having not seen all the films. Like it it just it was terrible. In in every aspect of the word terrible, it was that bad. Now we did do a Q and A session that was about two and a half, three hours long with all the um, suit actors. That actually was was pretty good, and um, and that's when we got some of the cool stories about you know Nakajima and, and uh, Ben Fry, and they were kind of ribboning each uh, ribbing each other like during the the back and forth about some of the stories where Nakajima was saying like. Um, that he well he actually was telling stories about how the newspaper would make up stories that he got hurt during filming when he never did. <laughs> yeah, so um he yeah, that's a good point, man. Like so, you know, all the stories get recycled and like every G fan and all these, you know, all these books and stuff about, you know, Varan getting his crotch caught on fire and stuff like that. Well, at least I don't know if it's, you know, just the day that he was being uh, asked these questions, but he was just like he seemed kind of peeved like, "Look, man, like Things happen, but they got sensationalized by the time, you know, like, on all, all the stuff that's out there. Like, it, it wasn't that bad. It just, like, you know, things happen. I'm a guy. I get over it. Like, I was never seriously injured. Um, so that was kind of interesting. <laughs> well, he has had a <laughs> – like, I remember he said he never played Magma, the giant walrus, in Gorath. But, like, people that worked on the movie insist that, yes, he did. So I don't know if his memory, I don't know. I don't either, man. But it was just interesting, like, seeing, like, he just, like, he's just kind of, like, fed up with getting asked about, like, he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was funny. And then, like, Faraya, he, it was hilarious. People would ask him questions, and he would give, like, one-word answers. 
and he would do it in the most hilarious way. Like having, it's hard to explain, but if you know his personality and like his demeanor, like he would give this answer and like kind of chuckle. It was just, it was the funniest thing to see those two together and kind of feed off each other. And then he would, um, just talk about how like Nakajim would basically beat him up. And, uh, he, he was, uh, Nakajim was very complimentary of Subarai. He basically went into this long story about how, um, a lot of directors were really hard to work with because they would never, ever let you do basically anything that you wanted to. He said in Japan that essentially like whatever you were told to do, you did it. And that, that was, that was basically how, how it worked. And he said with Subaraya, um, he actually allowed you to have some sort of creativity. And he said he really appreciated that about him, which I thought was really cool. So that was one thing. I mean, you probably knew that, but like for me, hearing that from Nakajima was was a really cool thing. And then I think my my favorite was Satsuma, um, because like every time somebody would kind of make fun of like CG or like Shin Gojira um, during the panel, like not make fun of, but they were talking about like um, like the difference between like CG and like Tokusatsu things he would like clap and like kind of like laugh it was just really funny to see him do that and somebody yeah, he... asked him like are you basically what his thoughts were for the movie and he said well they're basically being so secretive about it i'm not going to go see it <laughs> which was hilarious <laughs> it was the yeah, funniest he... thing ever to see him do that and then he was laughing it was just it was a good time man he was very jestful and just upbeat and uh, you know it was it was a great time yeah satsuma in particular like um like I, I almost teared up every every single time I saw him, and like that dude is just—he's a living legend. He was the one I wanted to meet the most, arguably. Like I wanted to meet Nakajima a lot too, because um, without him, like we don't have any of this. But as far as I, I always felt like Satsuma, just on all the the interviews and stuff, like I felt like he literally embodies the spirit of Godzilla, like perhaps no other person does, and I just. Um, there's that saying that, you know, you never meet your heroes because uh, they'll always you know, sort of disappoint you or let you down. And I got to say, like, that's at least in this case, um, I think it was completely false. Like every single one of these guys was even cooler than you uh, would hope. So. I've lived out both versions of that. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's a really polar opposite um uh, but the the story of me getting breakfast in the lobby and uh, getting kind of creeped out because like some dude was standing like right behind me and like who the f-? he's like way in my bubble man like what is going on here and and I get back and I get my food and I, I look back and it's it's freaking um, Chucky uh, it's Brad Dorf yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> right behind us that's awesome I love Brad Dorf too he is he was cool though he's like so soft like when you actually um see, I never actually you know he's if if someone's at a panel. Um, I'll go talk to him, but otherwise, kind of leave him alone. But yeah, same here. Usually, um, he just from the, seeing him talk and stuff like that, he's just a real soft-spoken, real gentle dude, man. Like, yeah, he's some... I've I've never heard any bad stories about Brad Dorf. I'd love to meet him one day. Um, uh, now, did you guys? I, I know you guys hung out with like members of NSYNC like the whole time, but. <laughs> Which is true. They took pictures with you. They they had drinks with you. They rode yeah. in elevators with you like a hundred times. That was um, mad. That was mad. <laughs> me, well, the first night we drank and they were uh, in, the, in the hotel bar. And they were like right behind us. Um, 
I, I I'm do, not gonna I, really publicly disparage them. So yeah, they were they were there. <laughs> well, no, well, you met several <laughs> members of the of the group. Were were they varying degrees of of cool? They they were like. Uh... Who's the coolest one? I'm not gonna make you say any bad about anything bad. I about didn't. Them. I didn't ride in the elevators with them, so I'll have to. I'll have to so, defer that. so Chris Kirkpatrick was the guy that I took it. He was, he was in. He was on the fifth floor with us. Uh, he was on my floor basically. and had a pizza, and we were we were walking past him to get to get the elevator. And I didn't say anything, but then he had to get the elevator with us. And then he was talking to us for no like he actually initiated the conversation. I'm like, hey dude, can we can we just get a picture? Because like my my you know my my sister just wants me to get a picture with you, which she did actually. And so he he just took a selfie and it, it was cool. And then um, AJ from um, Backstreet Boys was actually downstairs when I was with Satsuma, and I walked over. There was nobody else around at the time, and I and I walked over to his group because he was with like three other people. And I said, "Hey, can, can one of you just take a picture with us? Because it's just me and my wife, and we were sitting on the couch." And actually, AJ was the one who volunteered to get the to actually take the picture for us. So I have a picture of me sitting next to Godzilla and my wife that was taken by a guy from Backstreet Boys. That's so weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and then afterwards, he actually took a picture with us too, which was awesome. Like. He he was a super nice guy, so I mean, I, you know. Yeah. And it, all, it sounded like they they uh, they they were treating the 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 Japanese guests very very well. Is also uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, the he first was night we were Satsuma, like he was telling him about some Japanese boy band that he knew or something. Yeah, and the know. first night we were there, we were in the bar, and I heard Joey Fatone say to the bartender, <laughs> "He's like, look, man, if if that Ultraman guy wants anything." It's on me. That dude is cool as, as heck. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like everyone in his posse was like, "Yeah, man, that dude's awesome." That's great. So, um, um, I, I mean, I, I know Fandom Fest is is more of a. It's one of those like more like more, more like the what I was saying about the big more like multimedia based uh, conventions. Did did you guys have any interest or or uh, or meet any any of the other guests? Because I know they they had all kinds of people there. There's there's I. I think there's really only one other person that um, Stan Lee would have been the other big big guest yeah, that was there, it, which I, I would have met, but I had spent so much money on Godzilla stuff that I was broke. Yeah, <laughs> he charges a lot, but like he like every time he comes to a convention in Detroit and I pass it up, like there's a little bit of guilt because I know like he's he's in he's really old and I know he's not even in like the best shape anymore and. He can't he like he's going blind like he can't even read comic books anymore. Like they're talking like this is going to be his last year doing conventions yeah. is what we heard. But um, um the one the one guy that kind of stuck out to me and I, I recognized him but before I could even remember his name. Um but Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, he was there. Um, okay. He was like on the Dead Zone TV show. He was um 16 candles. Uh, he was in a bunch of like teeny TV, movies and they yeah he was in uh, a bunch of uh he's in the dark knight as like that reporter guy yeah, yeah he was in a, a bunch of john hughes movies yeah yeah but um he was he's always around like i swear i ran into him at least two or three times a day at least um but he was really cool uh he had like a little mini dog like in the bar <laughs> at night and like everyone's drinking beer and stuff he's drinking hot tea um then he ends up going when we end up eating dinner with the, um, all the guests at this Japanese restaurant, he ends up just being there with his uh, family and friends 
by coincidence and he even goes around and gets autographs from all the Godzilla actors and he's like bowing to him he's really respectful real nice and um he just had a his I was watching them he's grinning ear to ear just watching all of this interact um with everyone like they just he he seemed really to think it was a, a cool thing so um I, I don't really know his body of work that much but he seems like a really nice cool dude cool um and did you guys have a chance to check out anything else like um i know conventions usually do like the costume cosplay contest stuff like that did you get a chance to look at anything like that or um my gag reflex oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too they're... it's too twofold i don't want to come across like too much of a dick but <laughs> part of me is like you know power to you guys let your freak flags flags fly man just do do what you guys want to do don't care what about people think that's awesome and then part of me is like you should not go out in public like that that is <laughs> so <laughs> yeah like like there were some there were some legitimately like incredible costumes there there was a guy that actually had like a full-fledged Godzilla outfit that like costume that was incredible that we got some pictures with um or there was a robocop robocop that was there predator there were some really awesome outfits some some joker outfits that i saw there were some really cool costumes and then there were some uh really questionable outfits that i saw <laughs> that like some were funny like some were intentionally funny like there was a a guy that was dressed up like in the thundercat uh like as a thundercat but he had it was like a onesie like he had basically like a it, it was literally a onesie he had no pants on it was it was really funny <laughs> Um, and then there were some, like, just people that had, shouldn't be wearing what they were wearing. Like, it was just, <laughs> like, they were trying to look sexy, I think. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just, ugh. And then I think one of the other things that we, we, but right before the Godzilla panel, there was a, um, a belly dancing thing. That oh, was too long. Sweet. I blocked that out, man. That was disturbing. <laughs> like, so, yeah, in, in the guts. So the Stan, there's the Stanley panel, which we didn't go to, and then there's a little bit of downtime between that and the Godzilla panel. Is in the same room. Um, so we get there like we we want our, our seats. We get there early, maybe like a half an hour early. We go in there and we're like hearing like this weird music playing. We're like what? And we just turn a corner and it's like. Uh, so, Return of the Jedi, there's, there's, <laughs> in front of Jabba, there's like the, the Twi'lek girl, like the two, you know, my, my, pretty attractive. And there's like a like, um, bigger people kind of dancing around sure, too. Yeah, right, right. It, well, and, basically, it was Jabba the Hutt dancing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, just a series of, of that, and um, like really, sort of raunchy belly dancing too. Um, and so we're like, whoa, so we stepped out and just, it was funny seeing person after person just like, Hey man, the panel's going to be in there. Like, yeah, don't go in there right now though. You don't want to see what's and he's like, ah, that's fine. <laughs> person after person would just walk right back out and like <laughs> one kid, one guy, like one guy told his son to wait. And then he, he walked in, he came back. I was like, no dude, you can't go in there. <laughs> 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 yeah, his son was like twelve or thirteen. So, <laughs> man, uh, you know, when I was a, when I was younger, um, 
I used to love going to because G Fest would have the the costume contest and then like a, a home video like fan basically a fan film contest. And when I was younger, I used to love those. Um, and uh, this was the first time that I actually attended those events at a G Fest since I was really young. And man, I I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know if they just let anyone do this or what. Uh, but the costume parade, which, you know, they, 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 they judge the costumes later in the convention. But first of all, I saw so many of those store-bought, like, inflatable Godzilla costumes. And I'm like, <laughs> what, why is this? A, what, why? Uh, then, like, one guy was, like, a, he was, like, a quote-unquote unfinished Mecha Kong. And he comes out in, like, a t-shirt and jeans, and he just has, like, a papier-mâché Mecha Kong head. I'm just like, what is, what what is going on here? And then like, when when you actually do get the people that like, because there's people like any other like convention that goes on every year. Like, there's certain people that take the costume stuff really seriously and work on those costumes like all year. Like, there was one that was. Um, did either of you guys see Ten Cloverfield Lane yet? No, no. I need to see that. Um, well, uh, the main character makes like a a homemade hazmat suit out of a shower curtain. And this guy uh, went and found the exact same shower curtain from the movie and replicated that suit, like, to a T. And that probably took him forever. And then I got people coming out here with papier-mâché heads saying they're they're just unfit. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Someone needs to rules? draw the line here. Um, and then, like, I used to really like the fan movie contest because... People would get creative with, like, uh, stop motion and um, different kinds of effects and, like, just doing things, like, basically in their backyard, but making, like, fun little fan movies that, like, they had to get creative with. And, like, now it's, like, people, like, playing with Bandai toys and calling it a, <laughs> a, a, a film. And I'm, I, just, I just don't know where the, the decline happened, but... Yeah. I, I will say... Going back to the cosplay, I, like a good seventy-five percent of the costumes were actually pretty awesome. That that twenty-five percent though, like it was a really it was a it was a downer. <laughs> it was really a downer. And there were some costumes that like, man, this is a kid show, and I'm sorry, but like, they were just way inappropriate. I mean, like it, it's it's fandom fest. You're coming to see like Stan Lee and comics, and like, if you were seven, you were scarred for life. I mean, I would have been. <laughs> it's just. And it's not, and it's not just. I'm not talking like overweight. I'm talking like, I don't know, like just super inappropriate stuff that was that was seen that like you just can't unsee. So <laughs> I don't know. That that was my take on it. But there were some really awesome costumes that people put time in, and and that I I took some pictures of because I thought they were great. Um, but all in all, man, this this was a life like once in a lifetime kind of an experience that I'll, that I'll never forget. And if I ever have the chance to do to do that again and like meet all the Godzilla suit actors, absolutely gonna do it because it was worth every penny. And I spent way too much money doing it. I'm glad my wife allowed me to do it, and she went with me and was a trooper and and you know enjoyed it with me and was you know doing the Ultraman poses with me and the Godzilla poses and taking the pictures and and everything. So um, it was it was a blast. Um, sweet. Uh, so what was what was uh, what did you guys? either something that you bought or something that you got signed, what did you guys walk away with that is, like, the best thing that you, you brought home with you? 
Oh, just one, huh? Man. <laughs> Shit. I, I'm probably going to go with the uh, probably the, the, the Nishikawa um, chibi head drawing because I have all four Godzillas plus Ultraman, and it's all every single person signed it, and I got their stamps on it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna. Yeah, same thing. I didn't get an actual drawing, just the the whiteboard that we got. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, but just not as much of the art as as Matt's thing. So, um, yeah, just to have that piece that that piece of art though that has everyone's signatures, their stamps, and a little chibi um, Godzilla that's personalized for you is just pretty cool. So that's awesome for me. Um... I had Akira Takarada sign. I had um, a theater lobby card from the 1970 U.S. release of Monster Zero that I bought at a Detroit comic convention because I was like, wow. First of all, for this being what it is, it's actually not that uh, that expensive. It's actually pretty affordable. And if I and I, I was like, if I can ever get Akira Takarada to sign this, that would be awesome. So years later, <laughs> I brought that, and then um, back way back in '96, my first one, I got an eight by ten from King Kong Escapes that I had Nakajima sign because he played King Kong, and then in 2008, when Rhodes Reason was at G Fest, I brought that back and had him sign it, um, and then uh, this year I had Linda Miller and Akira Takarada sign it. So that's like. Pretty much the whole main cast of King Kong Escapes. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And plus, Rhodes Reason, you know, not being with us, that, that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and I mean, that, that just makes you think, like, you know, a lot of these guys are getting older, and, you know, if you have the opportunity to go to something like a G-Fest or an event that they're at, you know, you know, do it. If, it, if you can work it into your schedule, you can afford it, just do it. Um, especially, like... Another one for me was, like, Kawakita passed away only months after he was at G-Fest. And it's like, you know, sometimes you only have one chance. Yeah, and that that's one that I, that I regret because I'd love to have something that I could have seen him sign, you know, because his, his special effects. I mean, his movies were the, were the ones that I, I'd say that I... That are among my favorites, like Biolante. Like I, I love, I freaking love that movie. Yeah, Gunhead. You love Gunhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, his effects in Gunhead are pretty awesome, I admit. But oh boy, that movie's something else. Um, all right. So I mean, obvious. So it sounds like you guys had a, an awesome time. So. Let's bring you out to G Fest next year. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's, the, the that's the plan. That is definitely the plan. Um, you guys, I mean, just think of uh, the way I look at it is Fandom Fest. While it's awesome that they brought all those guys together, that's still, you know, your multimedia convention. When you have one that's just straight getting to the heart of what you love, why you're there, I mean, you guys will, will love it. The dealer, you guys will pass out in the dealer's room. Yeah, yeah, I would literally walk in and I would probably just cry money it, at the yeah. dealer room. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's our convention episode. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, I didn't know that neither of you guys had been to a con before. So uh, yeah, they're a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. Any any closing comments or anything? 
I, th- I think that that pretty much covers it. I feel like I, I blabbed enough. I'm I'm still on a high right now, so it it was it was a really honestly amazing experience. Yeah, and they go by so fast, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want it to end. It was, I know that's I was, I'm super sad right yeah. now too. Yeah, there's a, something that I'd never been told about is there's like a a low um, after after a con is that you kind of get depressed <laughs> when you get like have to go back into the real world and just. Oh yeah, man. Hey, kind of... trust me, I'm still feeling it. <laughs> yeah, work was crap today. Like I did not want to go. <laughs> oh my god. When I went back to work, it was like the wor- <laughs> First of all, I should have done the thing where you take an extra day after your vacation just to like decompress, which I didn't do. So I came home from Chicago. I got in I got home at like 8 p.m. and then I went back to, I went I came back to work at 9 a.m. the next morning and I was just like, this is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh all right so uh yeah that w- we had some good stories um and hopefully uh uh we have a lot of people who maybe have never attended one of these events before and you know hopefully we've convinced them to join us um so uh that's it for now eric thank you for joining us thanks for having me on it's always a pleasure and uh we will see you next time <laughs>